Hello, and welcome back to the Thoracic Oncology Assembly's serial podcast regarding lung cancer screening. Today, Drs. Wiener, Rivera, and I will talk about the importance of including smoking cessation efforts in your lung cancer screening program. Let's jump right back into the conversation. So in your screening program, who does um, the smoking cessation counseling? So in our screening program, um, it's there are a few different options. So the ordering provider is typically expected to do the smoking cessation counseling as part of the shared decision-making discussion. Um, however, we did do a, a needs assessment of the clinicians who are referring pro, uh, patients to the screening program, and we found that um, both in primary care and in pulmonary um, the guideline recommended smoking cessation counseling, so the um, the, the five A's uh, approach that's recommended by the um, U.S. Public Health Service for uh, for the approach to smoking cessation is really not being done uh, routinely. Um, we found that uh, clinicians are often asking about smoking and advising patients to quit. Um, it's more variable whether or not they're taking the next step of, you know, prescribing pharmacotherapy or referring to um, more extended behavioral counseling to help patients quit. Um, and uh, so I think that there's there's an issue there. <laughs> we do um, also, uh, you know, to address this problem, we actually started a, um, we did two things. We 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 started a tobacco treatment uh, center that's um, explicitly linked to the screening program, um, and we're aggressively uh, marketing that to our ordering providers as another option if they don't want to do the smoking cessation counseling themselves. And the other thing that we've done is we um, got our screening nurse coordinator um, training. Uh, so she's now a certified tobacco treatment specialist um, so that when she is interacting with patients, you know, potentially she could also do um, smoking cessation counseling either as an adjunct to what's already been done by the ordering provider or the tobacco treatment center, or in some cases, if the patient hasn't received it through those other channels, you know, to be the one who's offering the, uh, the, um, the main smoking cessation intervention herself. So uh, that's what's happening for us. Yeah. Well, Patricia, I'm going to ask you to maybe comment on see if you guys do anything different at your program, but also comment on what, in your experience so far or based on any uh, data that you know about, what seems to work? What, what would you, if you had one way to do smoking cessation, uh, you know, in a program, a lung cancer screening program, what would you recommend? Sure. Um, so we, um, we've we had a smoking cessation program for about 10 years run by uh, a physician in family practice. Um, and we've um, partnered with that program so that one of their counselors is present at every screening clinic. Um, and currently she is doing the uh, smoking cessation uh, counseling, um, and it occurs at the time of the screening clinic uh, visit um, with um, handouts. Um, there's a small video that um, she shows patients. We have a small conference room where patients can meet with her, and then pharmacotherapy. Um, we are our, our primary, um, excuse me, our nurse practitioner 
um, will eventually be um, trained to do smoking cessation counseling, but unfortunately, she currently is only 25% time into the screening uh, for the screening program. So, we're trying to uh, hopefully increase her time allotment so that we can incorporate uh, her training so that she will be able to be part of this once the tobacco cessation counselors. Um, time commitment with us, which is a year, um, is no longer and they're no longer available. It's going so well that I think um, they're hopeful that they will be able to continue coming to the screening uh, clinic because it really works well in patients like it. In the internal medicine clinic and in the pulmonary clinic, the smoke and cessation counseling is being done by the provider. Um, I'm not sure that I know how well and how effective that is. Uh, in terms of what works best, I think a combination of a one-on-one meeting with a counselor, follow-up with uh, uh, phone um, discussions, and pharmacotherapy is, in my experience, what has worked best. Um, I, 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 I worry that I think um, often we're rushed when it comes to discussing smoking cessation and it becomes more of a lecture of you should do this, um, watching the smoking cessation counselor's approach to it has really taught me a great deal. Um, and, and it really is much more of a, a counseling and engaging the patient in the, in the discussion than a lecture about how, the importance of, of quitting. But yeah. I think it has to be an ongoing process, so I think the follow-up phone um, consultations that uh, they incorporate into their practice are critical. Does your registry uh, keep track of uh, smoking status? Yes. Uh, So our registry um, uh, has a detailed smoking history and then um, follow-up at every visit on where they are in terms of uh, smoking and if if they quit, if they stayed quit, if they relapsed. Yeah. Hmm. One thing I've been... uh, Sort of interested in this question is because I I think the it's um, it's universally recommended um, that you know every visit essentially that where you see a clinician that there's uh, you know somebody asks about smoking cessation and sort of encourages you to do this and um, and yet most of the studies that and I'm not a, 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 an expert really but most of the studies that I've looked at of sort of interventions to quit smoking are often focused on, you know, folks who are a lot younger than the people who are uh, going to be eligible for screening or have, you know, much less, sort of have been smoking, you know, less uh, for less duration. And so I don't know that we really have as much evidence as we'd like about what particular tactics work in this population. Um, but I'm just curious if that's a, a wrong assumption or if, if, if you know, um, either one of you know about data that would help us sort of tailor smoking cessation uh, efforts to screening eligible patients in a way that may be different than, you know, sort of the average patient. Chris, I think you're absolutely right that this is an open question. Um, And actually the NIH just um, this fall uh, had an RFA where they um, requested uh, proposals to study exactly this question, you know, what's the best approach to uh, get people to quit smoking in the context of lung cancer screening. So, you know, they're planning to fund six proposals and hopefully, you know, we'll get some information from those uh, studies about what the best approach is. Um, I do think it's critically important to understand this because, um, you know, as as you both know, um, getting people to quit smoking 
is far more effective uh, than lung cancer screening at uh, decreasing the risk of lung cancer death um, and really would be the best thing that we could do for our patients. Yeah. Well, I just, I just you know, my sense is that somebody who is 65 years old with who's still smoking has sort of managed to um, uh, live with a thousand people you know, in his or her life, telling them not to not to smoke anymore, and so I just think that these people are a lot different than than folks who have been in uh, intervention trials before. And so I do, I'm, I'm happy to, to hear that NIH is, uh, you know, thinking about this question. So one of the things I've also thought about is in the screening uh, trials, um, one of the things that has been looked at in terms of um, sort of being associated with an increase increased rate of smoking cessation is identification of a pulmonary nodule. And so I'm just curious if your programs incorporate uh, uh, the CT findings as some sort of way to have a teachable moment with uh, patients about their smoking status. And Patricia, maybe I'll let you start. Uh, yes, I I do. Um, since we do have um, this, so the, the, the patients come to the clinic, there's shared decision-making, um, what what is your smoking status? Uh, go get your CT scan. Come back. Be with the counselor. Review the CAT scan together. And if there is um, a finding, even if there isn't a finding, continue to reinforce um, the importance of uh, tobacco uh, cessation. Um, I think that when patients are found to have an abnormality, there's you know of course the fear and say I'm going to quit today. Um, I don't think that that's sustainable in many patients, um, especially when you have these very low, no small nodules or nodules that you say, no, we're going to repeat this in six months. Or um, So I'm not quite sure that um, – I, I think it's always a teachable moment. I'm just not quite sure that it's always effective. Um, but, but, yes, I do it at every – it's almost like at every meeting with the patient. Well, I think because the other thing that's been shown in a recent qualitative study is that sometimes people view um, uh, a normal or a CAT scan as uh, maybe a, as a license to keep smoking, right? Like, oh, there's nothing there, so I'm I'm good to go. And so I'm just wondering how you know, Renda, what your thoughts are about on on that the sort of the flip side of it's like the anti-teachable moment. Yes. So that was a very interesting uh, study that uh, Steve Zelliad recently published in um, JAMA Internal Medicine, suggesting that um, you know smokers who undergo screening feel uh, reassured and are less likely to quit smoking. Qualitative study um, clearly needs further examination, but um, but I think this is exactly why we need those uh, those studies to figure out you know, how we might best reach smokers um, in this setting um, because, uh, you know, there, were, there was another recent study, I think, in the Blue Journal, uh, was it Nicole Tanner's study maybe, that, um, that looked at um, both the clinical and, and also um, other studies that looked at the cost effectiveness and shown that it's so much, you know, more important to, um, to get patients to quit smoking and to incorporate, uh, you know, if you can... Uh, both do screening and um, get uh, patients to successfully quit smoking. That um, the, the you know the bang for the buck of um, the combined uh, effect is is just so much greater at reducing lung cancer mortality. Yeah, well, I think hopefully uh, 
this NIH proposal or people who are applying for this the NIH uh, grants are sort of thinking about this. Yes. Thank you so much for participating in this discussion. If you're interested in the papers we talked about today, Dr. Tanner's was e-published in October of 2015 in the Blue Journal, and Dr. Elliott's was published in JAMA Internal Medicine in September of 2015. For our next edition, we're going to talk about nodule surveillance, and you'll hear Dr. Rivera say... So the registry has become sort of another safety net, if you will, um, to follow up and ensure that patients are, are getting the appropriate follow-up. Until next time.